0: Well, welcome. So happy you tuned in another show here at WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, We are 89.1 FM on the dial. And as I always say, if you're having any problem with reception or there's static in your radio, just go to your computer and you can live stream us www.wnzn.org. That's WNZN.org. And so, like I said, we're happy every time that you tune in. I think we have a good show today, and we have some special guests lined up in the near future as we close off 2021. wow. So, David. Yeah, great
1: to be here with you, John. And I also wanted to have a shout out to your son who puts together all of our shows and puts them up on our podcast. It's a ton of work. Um, He's not paid, and I just want to let him know that we both appreciate it greatly. And and that's how we're able to deliver a lot of this to you during this pandemic time as well. So if
0: people want to get an old show, David, or they want to archive, they would go.
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, I have it here. Uh, Let me pull it up, John.
0: They could go to john1421.com. Yeah, they can do that too. That's easier. That's an
1: easier thread to get it from, Uh and then they can pick it all up. Um, so I think that's what I would do, because this is a very long page yeah, right. for the podcast. John1421.com.
0: And, yeah. and then
1: they'll see our podcast there, and there's a list of all of our shows. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So
0: today, uh, I was just thinking, we don't have many shows till this year is over, no. really. I mean, this year really gone by. I know.
1: It's, and, uh, what do we, have on the 15th, uh, the week before Thanksgiving? Yeah. Right. Holy Amazing. smokes. Amazing. Yeah.
0: So what I wanted us to look at today and discuss is... One of the longest discourse in the Bible, perhaps, uh, is what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And it's early on in the ministry of Jesus. We see it in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And this is when our Lord Mm -hmm. establishes kind of like this new kingdom that's coming, you know. And there's a couple of interesting things here. In chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. But he's going to be giving us all these kind of kingdom teaching and instructions, and we're going to see in a minute. It's like the New Covenant, some of the teachings of what we call the New Covenant. Yeah. And we think of <clears throat> Jesus uh, kind of like the second Moses in the sense that back in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15, God said to Moses that he's going to raise up a prophet <clears throat> like unto Moses, yeah. and the people must listen to that prophet or they would be cut off or separated, judged, as it were. Uh, that's Deuteronomy 18, 15. So the people in Israel were always looking for this one prophet like Moses. Hmm. Yeah. And so when Jesus comes, particularly after the feeding of the 5,000, they said that's that prophet. That's that prophet like Moses um, because he's hmm. feeding people that are, you know, out in this wilderness <clears throat> setting with bread yeah. like Moses right. was able to pray and pray manna came down from heaven. So we see a certain connection here with Moses. We'll look at more of these. But one of the things Moses did when he got the Israelites out of Egypt through the shed blood of the Passover lamb is he went up on a mountain and there God gave him the law, the 10 commandments, the instructions sure. for the tabernacle. Yeah. And that was the what we call the old covenant hmm. in the Old Testament. Yeah. But the new covenant that Jesus liken Moses, he goes up on a mount, and we're going to see in this Sermon on the Mount, he's given the new laws. Of work.
1: You know that's interesting, John, because I started thinking about when you take a look at Moses going up to the mountains to get the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Abraham took his son up to the mountain. Uh, the Transfiguration was right. on the mountain, and now Jesus going up to the Sermon, uh, Sermon on the Mount, uh, for you know, in a high up area. It's just interesting, it, you know. It's almost like, you know, you always think about being closer to God. Uh, it's interesting that all of them did that, right?
0: Well, in terms of direction, Dave, that's a good point because upward is often, as you say, it's, it's, it's like almost in a spiritual motion right. upward. Yeah, and right. Even at the end, of course, Jesus will ascend mm-hmm. up into heaven. To go downward, like to go down into Egypt, was not a good thing. Let's say for Abraham, <clears> for Jacob, <throat> right. uh, going down to Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. going uh, down to Jericho, of course, going down to mm-hmm. hell. But this idea of going down is often, not always, but often, often has negative connotations, whereas going upward in yes. terms of direction yeah. has somewhat of a positive right. or spiritual. Not right. always, but it's a yeah. good point. No, you I like bring that. Up. Well, anyway, yeah, it's yeah, a these point, kind of little still, things. Yeah. 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 All right. So let's dig in and look at this. and It's going to take us different places in the Bible. But um, it says, uh, chapter 5, verse 1, And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain, and he was seated. Now, seating is often uh, the position of a teacher. Now, we have a sermon. Usually we're seated. The congregation's seated or a lecture, you know, lecture hall we're seated. And the teacher professor or the the preacher is mm-hmm. standing it's kind of reversed in this yeah. we always usually see him seated yeah um he's seated and now his disciples come to him and then he opened his mouth and taught them taught who right. well disciples we think that this <clears throat> is pretty much meant for believers yeah this sermon of the mouth. we're going to see uh, reasons why so i know you did some research out there but maybe we'll start with we'll the start first one it. yeah huh? blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you have any comment on that? that that's the first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And, of course, here we see to be poor in spirit yeah. is to realize we're in need.
1: Yeah, that we're, we're poor impo- in terms of spiritual enlightenment, right? We're
0: impoverished yeah. spiritually. Now, we could have houses or vehicles, whatever. But as long as we realize we're needy people, yes. we're going we're to realize... That we have a need only God can fill.
1: Yeah, it, it's enlightenment, spiritual enlightenment, and knowledge, right, John? Mm-hmm. And so we're all. I know as a Christian for myself, I'm continually trying to seek God's guidance for enriching my, you know, my spiritual side through His words. Right. And so that's the importance. You know, we talked about this in the last show that the, uh, the manna, the the food is not only the physical food that helps nourish us, but also the spiritual food of the Bible and Jesus' word. Exactly and right. Word. right. Yeah. So, and to know,
0: see, if we know we're a needy people, right. we're oh going to seek that which would fulfill that need. Mm-hmm. If I know I'm drowning, I will look for a lifeguard. Right. If I know I'm a sinner, mm-hmm. I will seek a savior. Right. That's being impoverished. You know, I know there's something yeah. I lack. Yeah, but if I'm full of myself and I'm full yeah. of pride, I don't need anything. I'm yeah. a self-made man. I won't seek help, let alone a savior, mm-hmm. let alone the kingdom of God. But blessed are the poor in spirit. Yes, for they mm-hmm. shall, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And again, this word "blessed" is—we're going to see—it's repeatedly used yeah. here. <clears throat> blessed often means divine joy, or almost a perfect type of happiness. Hmm. It almost is a uh, something you seek. It goes beyond just uh, material wealth or that. It's a, it's a really, um, to be blessed of God, you see. Okay. It has a sense of divine joy or fulfillment. And what we're seeing here in these first uh, verses, uh, verses yeah. 3, is attitude toward ourself. We're going to see attitude towards our other. But this one starts in verse 3. Attitude for ourself. Blessed are the poor in spirit, uh, for theirs is, 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 is kingdom the kingdom of bright. heaven. And so we move on from there. Um, This is a very good attitude to have, actually. Yeah, it is. You know, it was St. Augustine that says, Our hearts are restless, O Lord, Mm -hmm. until they find their rest in thee. In other words, God put eternity in our hearts. It says that in Ecclesiastes. So we have this longing. But what man does, he suppresses it and fills with all kinds of crazy material things and never gets down to this idea that, Lord, there's more to life than this.
1: You know, John, for me, um, this is really the first time that I studied the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to do this with you. But, uh, you know, just the way this all starts with Christ sitting down, He, you know, if I think about myself... And I'm trying to get attention of a large crowd, you know, uh-huh. whether it's a business meeting, you know, and I'm out there as a CEO. I'm always, you know, you know, people will be yelling it's time to get together. Yeah, right. You know, Christ did it. It's almost like it's the same tone of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. It, it is almost like he is trying to express his complete love for us. Right. And he's doing it in a gentle tone. It, even even his mannerism to just sit down and start talking quietly, oh, and then yeah. you see the masses are you know are quiet. Uh-huh. So it you're right. um, you're exactly yeah, you're but right. anyway, th- that's just the rub I got as I was thinking this through. Is just the mannerisms in which he uh, positions, and this is his longest teaching in the Bible, isn't yes, it? Right. Okay. Right yeah. There. That just right. wasn't true. Okay.
0: So uh, you know, yeah, he's extremely confident. I mean, yeah, oh, I yeah. to say the least, but he's bringing out what we considered. Really, I mean, it's just so loaded as we're going to go through it. It right. might take us two or three sessions to get through it. But that's our first attitude. What is our attitude toward ourself? Um, second is verses 4 through 6. Right. What is our attitude towards our sins? And that's where it will say, verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, mm-hmm. for they shall be comforted. Well, the first thing we should mourn is our own sinfulness. You know, that's why it will say in scriptures... Um, uh, uh, broken in a contrite heart, God will in no wise refuse. If you're sincerely repentant right. and broken and mourn, uh, God will comfort. Uh, the problem is when we don't see our own sin problem, and we're not brokenhearted over our yeah. own ways that we've displeased God or hurt people. But when we come to that point where it says, um, blessed are those who mourn, for they
1: shall be comforted. That's a
0: very important moment. Yeah, uh, you know, to have that attitude, let me put it that way.
1: Yeah, so morning, you know, to me, I always think of loss, you know, uh-huh. before I became a Christian, if you lost a loved one or you lost, you know, some kind of possession or you lost something else that meant a lot to you. For me, I've lost my hair. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> at right. one point. <laughs> right. But, you know, there's there's silly stuff like that, but um You know, in terms of, uh, as a Christian, though, you start to think about what else you've lost. And um, you start to look at the transgressions and the things you've done towards other, you know, the trespasses towards other people. And that's what I was thinking about. Uh, The good news is, I think, is that Jesus is telling us that we will no longer mourn for the kingdom of God restores all that is lost. Yeah, right. Exactly right. Including, you know... uh, everything that we've lost it's 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 just it's paradise
0: yeah and, and you think mm-hmm. of the woman that comes in and 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 weeps right uh and anoints jesus feet with oil in her tears right. yeah. she was truly repentant right she was yeah. brokenhearted or when jesus goes to the temple and sees the one man mm-hmm. with his head bowed and he, and he just says lord forgive me i'm a sinner right but the other one says thank you lord i'm not like this other man i'm not a <clears> sinner <throat> But God honors the broken and contrite heart. And like you say, when we fret on our own sins, our bad mm-hmm. example, yeah. our guilt, right. uh, uh, wasted years, oh, all yeah. of these things, it should cause us to mourn, but realize we will be comforted. And one of the titles of the Holy Spirit is comforter. So um, that's a very important thing to remember going forward. So again, these—these these, what we call these Beatitudes it's called the beatitudes but somebody's called the b b e attitudes in other words B (laughs) B E. so it's not so much what we do it's who we are it's inside you know are we are we um poor in spirit uh are are we mournful over our sins in terms of this is inward a lot of what was moses was doing we're going to see in a moment on the 10 commandments and those were exterior thou shalt not kill Mm -hmm. thou shalt not commit Jesus is taking it inward and elevating it very powerful what he's doing here we're going to see in a moment so there's the now the other one is 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 our towards sin too is this idea blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth and this is a important thing about meekness is not weakness that's very important Mm -hmm. it says about Moses in Numbers chapter 12 Verse 3, now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. and he was a powerful yeah. guy. He led millions out of uh, bondage. He, you know, he, he went through the wilderness. He confronted Pharaoh. But he says he was the meekest man at the time on the face of the earth. So meekness is not weakness. And yeah. of course, Jesus, he says, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart. He was meek, but very, extremely yeah. powerful. We put so much emphasis today on pride and uh, being noticed, being loud. Uh, we lack what was called in the old days a gentle man. Yeah, you hum- know, humbleness. Arrogant, gentle yeah, man. Right. Um, we want to be heard, we want right. to be seen, we want to be first up, You know, right. so to speak. But this idea of meekness is a very powerful quality. Hmm. And he says, uh, Blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. And you see this idea of, even Jesus would say, when you come into the into the banqueting thing, take the last seat. Don't come, don't take. Let be called up to the first seat. You know, don't always seek to be the first one. And of course, Jesus exemplifies that at the Last Supper right. when he rolls up his sleeves and takes a basin of yeah. water and starts wow. washing the feet, okay. which is the lowest servant's job in a household. Yes. back in that first century. Right. But he was <clears throat> one reason people have a hard time being meek is because we're insecure yes we're insecure and we have to be validated and we have to be affirmed but a person who's really secure in who he is does not need to be elevated and constantly boy
1: boy that's an excellent point yeah i mean that's a point well taken even even in life you know i mean uh it's uh it, it definitely gives you one of the i think one of the top character traits of christ and it's something that you know it is very hard to emulate but it's definitely something that I'm trying to where, you know, it also deals with pride too, right? Yeah. You know, pride's the, the key sin of of most of our issues. And, you know, there he is washing people's feet. Yeah, right. I mean, the creator of heaven and earth. Yeah, and again, he was totally spirit control. Exactly, right.
0: But you <clears> see this <throat> with Paul. Yeah. Just an example, and then we'll get back to the Sermon of the month Yeah. In chapter 14 of Acts. By the Holy Spirit, he heals this guy who's crippled in this town called Lystra. Right. And all the people come out and they literally want to worship him. They're like pagans, right? And Paul says, don't do it. I'm a man like you. Worship the creator. Worship God only alone. Right. Ten verses later, people come in, they stir up the crowd, and they stone Paul. Yeah. The very ones that praised him are now <clears throat> stoning him. Yeah. In our own lives, people could praise us or be highly critical of us, but does it move us? That's the kid. It didn't mm-hmm. move Paul. Mm-hmm. He says, I know whom I believed Then and persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed. So if our identity is really locked into Jesus Christ, people could give us credit and, and accolades, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Or they could criticize us yeah. and, and be mean. But if we know who we are in Christ, <clears throat> that doesn't move us.
1: Th- that's exactly right. It, it really does give you the most solid foundation you can have. Yeah. Because then, then you're not focused on getting accolades from humans.
0: Exactly right. Because
1: then you're just sitting here. If you realize we're all sinners and that uh, we all have our issues and the only way to get stability and equilibrium is through Christ, right? Uh, then that's where your focus goes. So you can kind of shield yourself from all those other arrows, those flaming arrows that hit you from society or people or people you're working with, interactions with family, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, you're a good point, there. Yeah. So, and of course, our Lord... He is he is, a, he is characteristic of the meek and he'll even yeah. say in Matthew 11 um, when he says um, this famous quote, come to me all you that are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the, this is the creator of the universe to say this.
1: That is. That statement alone, my yoke is easy. I mean, and so, you know, obviously he's telling us that we're going to get comfort and satisfaction that we seek when we reach heaven. But why not try and do it on earth? Yeah, right. You know, I I mean, that's the thing. But, you know, as sinful as we are, it is a challenge. Even It's a challenge for me to do it. Um, You know, I struggle with it. I'm getting better at it. But I think, uh, you know, our lives would be so much easier if, if our yoke was gentle and easy. Uh, it would be better for our bodies, it'd be better for our mind, it'd be better for our friends and our our spouses and our children if our yoke was easy. We're run to and fro. And
0: oftentimes, somebody has said the the American person is is, is someone that buys something they don't need with money they don't have, to impress people they don't really like in the first <laughs> place, am I right? And we just run and we get in debt and we do all of these different things. Yes, and we just don't rest. We should. I like should that. Be, we can yeah. be busy people, right? But we can also be at rest in the right. inner man. Yeah. There's a famous little poem that about two little birds that were saying said the robins to the sparrow, I should really like to know. Why these silly human beings run around run. and hurry so? <laughs> yeah. Said the robin to the sparrow. I think that it must be they have no heavenly father as such cares for you and me. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's great. Because yeah. I mean, is, yeah. What is it? You know, less one. You know, like one person says, when the game is over, the king and the pawn go into the same box. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. We, What's
1: the first thing birds do when they get up? Yeah. They sing. They sing. So I... What you do know, we do? Merle we get up to like... an alarm clock. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and then we hang a tie around we're, our neck. We're not I always... Yeah, we're not always singing when we wake up. <laughs> At least that We time. get up to an alarm.
0: <laughs> right. Does that tell you something?
1: Yeah, no kidding. And then men tie something around their neck oh, like I a know. noose. and go no, off. <laughs> That's right. There they go. All right.
0: Yeah. So, okay, you can pick up the next one, David.
1: Okay, so we're on 8? Uh, verse 6. Okay, we're on 6 still. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Okay. Very important.
0: What are your appetites? Yeah. What is your appetite? Now as a as a believer, as a Christian, we should have an appetite, a hunger, uh, a thirst for righteousness. Yeah. We want to live a godly life. We want to uh, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word uttered by the mouth of God. So our appetites tell us a lot about our priorities in life. Right. If we have spare time, What do we do? What do we fill it with? You see what I'm saying? Um, But if we have this continual hunger and thirst for righteousness, first, our own righteousness in Christ, second, uh, to see the gospel come to others, to see how we can help others, how we can get rid of sin, how we can leave a separated, sanctified life, we we have that hunger, and it says here, you will be filled. Yeah, right. You see what I'm saying? That's a very important point, is to say, There's, Look, this is true in the material realm. If you have hunger, that suggests there's something that can fulfill that hunger, i.e. food. If you're thirsty, that would suggest there's something that could satisfy that, i.e. liquid or water. Um, So if you look at appetites, bodily appetites, it tells you there's a corresponding something to fill it. So if we have this spiritual hunger inside of us, it would suggest there's something spiritual that will fill it.
1: Yeah, and isn't that the driver for all addictions and everything else when you don't when you don't have the Lord, you're searching for something oh, yeah. because you know there's something else. You know, every I think if if we were to just interview <laughs> unbelievers and believers, right. I got to believe that they know there's something else oh, yeah. and they feel it internally. They feel it in the, you know, uh, in, in their aura. I mean, there's something else when they can't put their fingers on it that's when you see the trouble come. Because, yeah, right. you know, and, and it's it's whether it's addictions or suicide or, or whatever else. Um, but I think, you know, um, it's, uh, it's important to just ask the life's questions. What are we here for? Right, John? Yeah, We've right. done a series on that. And, uh, you know, so anyway, I, I guess to me, and then I, I think, isn't Christ also telling us that when we get to heaven, we'll have a fountain of living water where we'll have no... No thirst or hunger of any kind.
0: Well, even in chapter seven of the Gospel of John, mm. he says, "Come unto me, all yeah. you that are thirsty, and and out of you will come, uh, out of your belly will come living waters." And over yeah. the Holy Spirit, right. you'll be overflowing right. with the presence of God and the Spirit of God. And yeah. then that overflowing is that meant that's not for you; it's going to reach other people. Mm-hmm. But that that idea of thirst runs through the Scripture. That yeah. idea of spiritual, even matter of fact, that the last almost the last verse in the Bible, I'll read it here. But it says here in the end of the book of Revelation, um, it says this. In um, uh, verse 17, last verse of the <clears throat> Revelation. Yeah. And the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who is thirsty come. Whoever desires, let him take of the water of life freely. Now that that's pretty powerful. It's, it's I mean... It, if you're in a desert and you get break down going across in Arizona or New Mexico, you one thing you got to have is water, man. You yeah. got to have water. So
1: you know, I just started thinking about the Fountain of Youth. Well, remember oh, that? Yeah, down in Florida. And so God's God's telling us that this is this is available to everyone. Yeah,
0: right, right.
1: Why Why are you gonna just go buy it? Uh, you know, yeah. yeah. So even at the end of Revelations, a lot of people won't even read Revelations, John, because of. You know what's in there in terms of the last days and whatnot, but you and I discussed it, and it's it's a gift to read Revelations because if you read it, you'll see all of the positives in it as well. This is everything that we've been wanting and waiting for in a lot of areas in terms of being able to go up with our Creator. Yeah, Uh, there's a lot of positives in it. Exactly, a lot of lessons in it.
0: And what man has done is. He goes everywhere else, but to 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 God, you yeah. know, who who wants mm-hmm. to fill us. Right. Um, and he'll even say, you know, in the sense that uh, this is very interesting about water and, and right. joy, et cetera. Uh-huh. Says um, he says this. Uh, he says that that what God, what man has done is they've forsaken God, okay, uh, and then are drinking out of broken down cisterns. In other words, they don't they don't come to the source of life, but they will look to in maybe an alcohol maybe in entertainment maybe in distractions pornography they don't come to the source and if once you know that you got it you won't start you won't search for other stuff Guaranteed. That,
1: that's exactly right no. but we were talking about that in the last show how do we get people to start to approach the light uh-huh. that we're discussing and you know and it's uh, it's it's tough yeah. you, you know um, but once you start walking towards it, you know, game over. You're not going to believe how fulfilled you'll you'll feel and, and be.
0: Well, yeah. And then you're yeah. going
1: to meet like-minded people right. that are believers. Right.
0: And you have a kindred spirit wherever yeah. you go. You know, I've been able, right. fortunate to travel to good parts of the world. And uh, it's yeah. like family. It is. I get off a, a plane in Bangkok or Chiang Mai. Somebody picked me up. I got a place to stay. We go here. We go there. You go to church. You're meeting brothers and sisters in Christ. It's real, mm-hmm. man. And... I would encourage people, just as a little segue here, David, that we're coming to the end of 2021, right? It's been a pretty tumultuous year. Mm -hmm. A lot of anxiety, fear, upheaval, change, fill in the blank, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the thing with the word of God and the person, they don't change. Jesus is the same yesterday, Mm -hmm. today, and forever. His word does not change, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus says, but my word endures... So I always tell people, when everything around you is changing, get with that which never changes. It gives you stability. It gives you like an anchor. You know, it gives you an anchor. And we're going into 2022. Who knows? Only the Lord knows what's in the future. That's right. But I do you know this. <clears throat> yeah. We, we can we can prepare now. Yeah. You know, and we can we can prepare in the calm and rest in the storm. That's right. And not wait till the storm and then run and, yes. and run, you know. So yes. here we see this one. Where he says, uh, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, for they shall be." There's a promise there. They shall be filled. filled. Yep. All right, you can go now. <clears throat> yeah. Blessed way.
1: are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God.
0: Okay. Now, mercifuls, for they, we should be a merciful people. Of course, Jesus on the cross will say, uh, "Well, the Lord's Prayer, which we studied last week. Yeah. Uh, um, forgive us our trespasses." As we forgive those who trespass against us, we should be people of mercy. You know, uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And it's uh, a very important point in our day and age. It seems like it's there's so much anger out well, there, there today is, on all you know, sides, and yeah. people, the tone of volume is so high. <clears throat> yeah, we have a hard time extending mercy uh, in any direction. You almost, you know, and in, God wants us to be people that are. He can use, you know, I mean, the Bible says, blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. In other words, if we help people that need mercy or need help, God says, I will help you because you're merciful. A classic example of this is um, the Christmas carol. Remember Scrooge, Ebenezer mm-hmm. Scrooge? He was he had no kindness to anybody no. else, no mercy. Mm-hmm. And then he has that revelation. Remember those three <clears throat> yes. ghosts of yes. Christmas past? Right. Very yeah. interesting. Charles yeah. Dickens. And all of a sudden he says, Boy, I should have been helped. I should have been merciful to people I knew and to the Bob Cratchit who worked for him. He was real stingy. And he starts becoming very merciful and he's joyful. And he and he realized that's the way I should yeah. have always been. Right. You never want to wait too late in life to learn these life lessons. In the Bible, here Jesus is teaching us like powerful, powerful content. Is it not there? And it's,
1: it's just remarkable. I mean, we could take each of these apart and just. You know, the, the I think the amazing thing uh, with this, though, is you think about the brand that Jesus has built by being humble like this, by talking, you know, soft-spoken. Just letting his actions speak, and kind of the conviction and and the power of his words speak. Right, right. But he was never. I mean, there were times sure where he was turning tables over in the temple, and mm-hmm. he didn't like the fact gambling was in there. I mean, there were times you know where you see some some uh, other side of Christ, uh, but rightly so. But I just think this makes us better individuals, and you leave a legacy behind not only for yourself but for the people you touch, for your children, your offspring. And you know it's going to help them throughout their life. Oh, yeah. Because if you have these mannerisms and you follow this stuff, even if you don't think you want to be a Christian, you can't believe what it does for you out outside of yourself. Oh, yeah. And eventually, you realize, okay, this is this is how God was. This is the
0: way to go. Yeah, and
1: then you start to
0: and get this, more into it. This information that the Lord's given us two thousand years ago, He goes and sits on that mount, and here we are in 2021. And these things still speak to us today. It's
1: just as fresh as it was then. It's just as real and I mean, yeah. this
0: is this <clears> is <throat> indeed the Word of God. <clears> and <throat> we should often reflect, you know, we got so many books today. And, I mean, even in my office, I have these books here and there. But, man, th- there's no other book like this book because it's no transformational. No yeah.
1: It's all you need in a lot of areas. So, so then we get. You want to go into the nine yeah, and ten? Yeah. Why then? don't you go into yeah, next one? Yeah. Blessed maybe. are the peacemakers, for they will be called children bit, of little God. Little oh. Don't
0: don't forget. Don't forget verse eight. Oh, sorry. Eight, eight.
1: Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God.
0: There it is. That's an important one. Yeah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now remember Moses when God confronted him at the burning bush. Remember that bush mm-hmm. was aflamed and it oh, wasn't yeah. burning, and God says. Moses says, I want to come closer. And God says, take your <clears throat> shoes off. You're on holy ground. Mm-hmm. To approach God, we must realize his holiness. You know, the Bible says, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. It doesn't say God is love, 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 or God is right. merciful, merciful. It does say about his holiness. Right. In another place, it says he's <clears throat> consuming fire. Right. Here's what it says in James chapter 4 about approaching God. Um, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. In other words, come under his authority. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Then it says this. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands. That's our conduct. our okay. You sinners, and purify your hearts. You double-minded. In other words, he's saying, outwardly be clean, your conduct. Don't be involved in immoral behavior. And inwardly, but do draw near to god yeah. but to draw near to god you have to be clean yeah you know because you're coming into his holy presence and that's what it's saying here when it says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god see all through history mm-hmm. um believers saints and you know believers have wanted this idea that we can encounter god yeah we can draw near to god in this lifetime and we can be touched by god and actually take part of God. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. But we, we can—the Holy Spirit can have us. Think about like this: when it says, "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." An old preacher friend told me, "He says we're as close to God or as far away from God as we choose to be." Think about that, because God's given the invitation, right? Come, come on, draw near to God; and He'll draw near to you. But to do that, we, when it says here, "Blessed are the pure in heart." So let's see where the reflectors, right? Yeah. Or uh, uh, the mirror or a window. The more you clean it, the more that light shines through, the more that light shines through. And so that's what we want to do in this lifetime is to cleanse our heart. So God's light shines through to a darkened world.
1: Yeah. And yeah. And I think that's where some of the issues occur between Christians and unbelievers (laughs) Is they kind of, the, the rub I get, and, and just looking from my own uh, standpoint, it's almost like um, you're starting to distance yourself a little bit, uh-huh. and they notice it, uh, and they're not really sure what has changed initially. And then they'll ask you questions about what has changed. Right. You know, why don't you want to go to this place anymore, or, or why don't you want to do this, or whatever it is, um, or you're... Di- or you're demeanor has changed right exactly and so and that's what you're talking about the more you get into this stuff the more it's going to change yeah right and so you'll start to see yourself going into different pockets of people just to get to build that up even more right right Right. Uh, of people that are are kind of following in the same path you're in it's very refreshing to do that and it's it's critical you do that because then it helps you maintain your your position And helps you through some of the challenges you have when you do become a Christian. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, uh,
0: but these promises, when Jesus says this, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God, that's a powerful promise to draw near to God. And then when you draw near to God, remember when Moses drew near to God up on the mount? Yeah. He he came back, he had to cover his face. It was
1: luminous. It was radiant. I remember that. So
0: I really believe when we draw near to God and stay in God's presence, we take something away with us of God's presence. Think about Chernobyl. When that thing went down and yeah. there, was a, there was a meltdown of that oh, nuclear yeah. reactor, oh, man. well, people, when scientists would go into those towns, they could take uh, special equipment, not, mm-hmm. not like a Geiger counter, but a radioactive uh, meter, right. and they could measure the amount of radiation people had due to their proximity to the nuclear plant because they were exposed to radiation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, how about spiritually, perhaps? Those that are closest and stay in God's presence, as Jesus says, abide in me, have some of that spiritual, right. uh, the Holy Spirit on them, um, full of the Holy Spirit, so to speak, right. Then another believer may not seek to stay in God's presence on a continual basis. You know, they're still oh, yeah. believers, right. but these are tremendous invitations. They are. Gosh. Uh, so, um, then he'll say, "Blessed," now he'll say, blessed are the peacemakers, for they we shall be called, be called the, the sons of God. Yep ever before we need peacemakers it's now no we need peacemakers yeah if we had more peacemakers we'd have less pacemakers because man is just gets in so much conflict in families siblings communities oh boy and how sometimes you got to be the one that brings peace you got to like negotiate it you got to bring two parties that are in opposition together and i mean this is actually given to us as a command i'll, I'll read this in second corinthians one of the things as believers uh, the bible clearly says in chapter five of yeah um, corinthians chapter second uh, corinthians chapter two it says this um therefore um uh, for um God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. In other words, getting us reconciled. Sinners reconciled to himself. Not imputing their trespasses to them. And he has committed to us, that's believers, the word of reconciliation. So in other words, he's saying, I want you to be peacemakers. Bring the gospel to people so that people can get in right relation. Because until you come to Christ, you're in opposition to Christ. You're actually like that, okay, away from him. And then he says, Um, Mm -hmm. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's peacemakers. That's bringing people to God so you can establish peace between them and God. But this peacemakers goes even for, think about it, in families, in friendships, uh, churches, anywhere where the enemy gets in and, and there's disagreement or hurt feelings, misunderstanding uh peace can be broken yeah peace can be broken peace is fragile really is
1: yeah again just look at the demeanor of christ you know blessed are the poor in spirit he's not throwing this down our throat and telling us this is what you need to do to be a good christian he's gently giving us the secret of how we're supposed to live our lives, but he does it in a very quiet manner. I think that's the same format a peacemaker has to be. Yeah. you got to be humble. You can't be screaming. You And it is hard, man. It is hard to be that peacemaker, especially if you're a type A personality like myself. And, you know, it's a constant battle. But um, I, th- this is the whole reason you need to read the Bible, because the Word will show you how to do it. And I, I sure need that script. And I need to be reminded how to do it. And so this is just one of the ways that Christ is giving us, I guess, a map on how to be like him and how to find him.
0: Yeah, and, and he's you showing know? us, again, these are these are internal qualities. Right. You know, mercy and mm-hmm. meekness. Yeah. Um, he's, he's bringing in a whole new covenant. Like I said, the old mm-hmm. covenant with Moses was like, don't do this. Yeah. It was more activity, it right. was more <clears> external. Right. This is different. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we again, yeah. right from the beginning, in Acts of the apostle, we see believers being persecuted. It's happening today around the sure world. Sure is. And he says, "Blessed are those persecuted for righteousness' sake." Mm-hmm. Some people are persecuted because they do stuff wrong. They're not being persecuted <laughs> for righteousness' sake. Yeah. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> and now here, verse eleven and twelve it shows you the conflict we may have because we're Christians and we're taking a stand. If you want to read that. Sure.
1: Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, this is kind of prophetic. Oh, yeah. He's saying this is going to happen uh,
0: when they revile and persecute you um but um and that could you know it could go from just being reviled and uh then uh hey you know coming yeah. more and more <clears throat> against us right. even throwing us in prison yeah and uh, it's a real deal and how do we respond to that i think that's that's one of the biggest yeah issues. rejoice
1: and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you.
0: Exactly right.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I mean, you can see this in Acts of the Yeah. Let's track it. Number one, on the day of Pentecost, they go out, they have the freedom to preach, 3,000 get saved. Later on, what Peter and John, when more and more people are coming to Christ, the religious mm-hmm. authorities say, don't preach the name of Jesus. It's verbal. They say, don't do it. They keep doing it, and then they throw them in prison yeah. for a, like an overnight jail. Then they beat them physically. And then by the time you get to Chapter 7, Stephen is getting killed. So do you see that progression? You know, just Mm -hmm. verbal. There's tolerance. It's verbal. It's physical. persecuting. It's imprisonment. And the same thing is going on in the world today. It sure is. You know, thank God in America we're not being killed. Right. But we don't know what's coming around tomorrow. But you go around the globe uh, to North Korea, to Myanmar, to these different places, this is real. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for you have great is your reward in heaven. For they persecuted the prophets, that's Old Testament, mm-hmm. who were before you. So this, yeah. now he's going to leave, and he's going to go to a different pattern of teaching here. <clears throat> okay, uh, You'll see in like uh, uh, chapter 13
1: and uh, 14. Okay, um, yeah. so this is, I have it under salt and light. Uh-huh. You are the salt of the earth, <clears throat> but if the salt loses its saltiness... How can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Okay, so what he's going to do
0: here in these next verses, David, mm-hmm. is he's going to use uh, couplets or little, uh, two, two little uh, duets, if you will, two th- things for comparison. Here he's going to talk about salt. If it loses savor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing and thrown out. And then he's going to talk about light. So it's a parable. So he's not a parable. Metaphors, yeah, okay. yeah. So he's saying, "You are salt." <clears throat> well, salt seasons something. Mm-hmm. Salt gives flavor. Salts a preservative, right? Oh yeah. But, back then, it
1: was it was it meant a lot of things. Right. it, yeah. it Gives flavor. It has they didn't strength. have refrigerators. Right.
0: But but it is <clears throat> it, it is good for nothing if you lose its flavor. Yeah. So a Christian loses his testimony if you know, and he's just he's thrown under under foot. Right. He's, he's, he is no longer effective. I'm not going to say he's not a Christian, mm-hmm. but he's lost his effectiveness. That's why Jesus says, if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled on. And we've seen great ministries that they've lost their saltiness. They lost their Savior. They Immorality or theft or anything. And they don't have a testimony anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: I really like this because, right, as you said, Uh, What makes salt the most essential part of life is its ability to bring taste to our food. With its absence, everything tastes bland and not worth eating. Mm -hmm. If we lose our excitement as a Christian, we're nothing to look at. We're nothing to be around. Or if morally we lose it. Yes, if morally too, right? Because let's face it, the past
0: 20 years we've seen ministers lose their salt, lose their effectiveness. And what do men do? They mock them out. They're just thrown underfoot. They disregard it's a little like think about lot yeah in Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels came to get him and his uh, family out yeah. is some he didn't want to go he's dragging yeah. his feet yeah. they say don't look back when we get out what does lot's wife do turns around turns into a pillar of salt his two daughters commit incest with him right he had no he had no effectiveness you see what I'm saying <clears> In his witness yeah. he lost his saltiness you know in each one of us then he goes from salt to light in uh, verse okay. 14 and 15.
1: You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house.
0: Okay. Oh, keep going, David. I'm sorry. <clears throat> in
1: the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven.
0: So now we see this salted light, right? Right. First we're salt, <clears throat> now it's light. And, of course, the light of the world, this world needs light because it's in darkness. This whole world lies in darkness. It says that in First John chapter 5. Not only we're like a city set mm-hmm. on a hill that cannot be hidden. Okay, so light, if you were at the Cleveland Stadium at 3 in the morning and it's pitch dark and you just light one candle, I don't care where you are in that place, you're going to see that light, right? You're going to see that light. It might be small, but you're going to see that light. So, too, one believer that's really living a godly life he is light, wherever he might be in a classroom or in a job setting. Um, but you cannot put it under a basket. It's not meant to be put under. Uh, yeah. It's supposed to shine. So who would be a who would put light under a basket in that parable? Who would be the one that put light under a basket?
1: Well, I guess if you're a believer and you're not doing anything you with go. your faith. Exactly right. You're, you're just, hiding it. Yeah, you're ashamed. You're right. You just stay hidden with it. You pray by yourself and you're not doing anything outside.
0: And, and nobody uh, yeah. knows you're
1: even a Christian.
0: <clears throat> yeah. You know, see? But that's when Jesus gives this encouragement let your light so shine before men right. that they might see your good works and glorify who? Your Father in heaven. Yeah. You don't do it to be seen. In a sense, you do it, you're going to be seen if you do good works and you live a Godly life but it's meant to glorify your heavenly father. Yeah. And
1: I wrote, I also had a couple other things about the ability of salt to be scattered and dissolved easily. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, you know, we're supposed to go out and create other disciples. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in terms of the light, you know, we talked about this before is Christians we're supposed to show light and try and get the darkness to, to stand back. Right. And when we're acting out of order or we're not, uh, you know, following these guidelines, We're no better than everybody else. Now, we're going to have our moments because we're sinners. So we always fall back. I mean, we are not perfect. No way in the world are we perfect. But, you know, that's really the balance of what we're trying to do here. And that's what Christ uh, is trying to get us to understand. And it shows the impact of one life. In in fact, excuse me, as Christians, if you are putting out the negative, and I've seen this in my own life, Mm -hmm. uh, and I have given you stories in the past about kind of being forced into a circle to, to read the Bible or to do things like that, it is totally, you have the totally counterproductive uh, mannerism there where you're, you're pushing the individual away for you don't know how long because they're thinking that's, you know, the, the, I, I don't like Christians. This is how they go about mm-hmm. their business. So we got to remember that by being meek, by being humble, uh, and understanding the word that we really have the ability to demonstrate light and uh, and to bring other people into God Yeah. I otherwise mean, we're pushing them away one, again
0: on the individual let your light, singular right. so shine before men the power of one life lit and bright <clears> can <throat> yeah. have a tremendous influence and your life may touch the most ungodly sinful person you didn't think But all of a sudden, he's attracted to that light. There's something in him, and he wants to know where that light comes from. That's right. Yeah. Light you see, salt you taste. So there's different influences we have. Some is different Mm -hmm. how we affect different people. Well, yeah,
1: so so I'm just going to go a step further. Like with you, uh, you know, in terms of the saltiness, I thought you were, you know, initially I, I was a little bit reserved. But then as I start to get to know you better... And I started to see your behaviors. I thought you're a really interesting, cool dude Mm. and somebody that I want to spend more time with. So that's the salty part, right? Mm. You made it interesting. And I wanted to come back to to get more of the interesting part. And then the light just came out by the experience Mm -hmm. in being fed the word and being taught uh, how to use the word. So it definitely is a balance. We need both of those.
0: Yeah. and, and, and the mean, thing,
1: to, to bring people into you.
0: And the thing, too, David, we're not in this alone. Right. We have the Holy Spirit. Right. We have the Word of God. We have other believers. Yeah. Uh, we have so much. We are really highly resourced. Now, we live in a world that's <clears> de- <throat> desperately needs to see this, but nevertheless, we are resourced people. And if that light shines in a dark place you never know who might be attracted to it you're right you know, you know you never you're right know. we never know you, and not in this lifetime maybe you, know, <clears> you <throat> don't know like somebody might say you don't realize this but i used to eat lunch over on that table over there and i used to see you and
1: you know that's the way it goes you know it start that's right you, know, thinking, you just want to put the seed in there exactly in right mind. yeah give him a shot at it
0: so then he goes on to say <clears throat> it's really interesting our lord switches kind of grammatical structure and teaching points here In verse 17, do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, this is very interesting. Jesus came to fulfill. And that's why you see constantly in the New Testament, uh, he did this to fulfill. This was fulfilled. You know, see, the Son of Man must be rejected to fulfill. Mm -hmm. He must be born in Bethlehem, which is a fulfillment Mm -hmm. of the prophecy in Micah. His whole life is about fulfilling, fulfilling. Uh, all of these things moses wrote of me he said david said yeah. da, 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 da. so he, he he doesn't come to wipe the old testament away he comes to fulfill it and so think i always think of like the basement like you know when you dig the basement they're digging the basement on my son's new house right the basement it's got footers mm. it's got plumbing it's going to have <clears> your fuse <throat> boxes yeah all that is very necessary foundationally mm-hmm. for the house. Mm-hmm. But once the house is built, you're not going to live in the basement. Right. You're going to live in the living room, mm-hmm. the bedrooms, the front room, the dining room, the kitchen. Mm-hmm. But you needed that foundation. So we need the Old Testament. Right. We don't live in it, so to speak, because we're in a new covenant. But we draw upon it because it's the foundation for the New Testament. So Jesus says, don't think I've come to destroy it, or this is a whole new thing. i come to fulfill that. I'm the how would you say, the capstone, the fulfillment, right, right. the second floor, you know. Right. And that's why Old Testament is very important. Yes. You know, to understand the foundation. He says, for truly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till it is fulfilled. And again, these are like the comma, the, the, the period, the, the, the fine cross and the T. I mean, that's how detailed these things have to be fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. And if Jesus is not the Messiah, the Son of God, well, what are all these prophecies? When Messiah comes, he'll be born in Bethlehem. He'll be betrayed for thirty pieces.
1: Who's fulfilled all that? Jesus, you know, yeah. yeah. So it's all left hanging. So yeah. So now that he he fulfilled all those things, uh, he's now um, you know paving the way for his teachings in the New Testament. Exactly. You know, it's right. kind of like a highway when it's not done, Jan. You know it, it, what he did is he finished it. He finished it. It, it this this there's there's the autobahn right to heaven.
0: Yeah, exactly. He fulfilled
1: right. all the laws.
0: He fulfilled yeah. it all, and and if anybody really would look at this, that's not a believer, and I encourage people, look at this and how this thing is fulfilled. I mean, a great YouTube site now for many many Jewish people come to accept Christ as their Messiah is One for Israel. O mm. O N E. For Israel, mm-hmm. and there's all these testimonies of people in Israel, in Europe, in America. These are doctors, and professors, mm. Jewish, but they're looking at the law and the prophets, and right. they're seeing Jesus. Yeah, and they're becoming believers. Yeah, wow. It's, it, it, if my, I really am convinced most people dismiss Jesus without investigating. They just dismiss him, like okay, yeah, okay, right, right. I got to get on with my life. Right. Instead of stopping and saying, you know. Whoa! maybe there is something here that can be authenticated. And all we can do is encourage people. That's all we it's can do. God that moves, yeah. you know, that's by all, his spirit. That's all you can, he, do. He can yeah. do. You know, we're just funneling this. Right. Um, so we're going to just go on a little bit more, and then we're going to have to break it off here, David. Right. Whoever therefore breaks one of these least of these commandments and teaches men so, so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them... He shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So this is a cautionary word to be very careful how we teach or Mm -hmm. instruct or share, uh, not to mislead, not to mislead people. And of course, to take it to an extreme, a cult, uh, we're going to get into this in the new year. We'll look at different false religions. They'll take something and twist it and then try to make it fit into their system. And it gets people in a lot of trouble. An extreme would be like Jim Jones. He used the Bible to trick people and was, like, mean. And then he gets them all out of America down to Guyana, and he, he they all commit suicide over 900 yeah, people. Right. Because why? The enemy comes to rob, kill, and destroy. destroy right. And that's the same thing we see with David Koresh yep. in um, Texas. Mm-hmm. He said, I have the insight. In the book of Revelation, he starts teaching these people crazy stuff, but they didn't know the Word of God that well. And what did mm-hmm. Rob kill and destroy but in john 10 10 where that verse is contained jesus says but i have come that you might have life yes and life more abundantly right Amen. any closing thoughts david i know you got a couple points there
1: well no i mean there there's so much here so we're probably going to continue this then for sure. Uh, but no it's um it, it again i i think for me you know when i think about a map if i were to if somebody were to ask me how do i find christ I think I would have him read this Mm. because it it really does show his character traits and it shows how we're supposed to be as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, it's kind of the secret formula to get to heaven. It really is. You're right. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Yeah, I mean, the the contained within these pages
0: is is the word of life. I mean, it's just what it is. Yeah. It has transformational power uh, once a person becomes a Christian. Right. You see, generally speaking, if you're not a Christian... You don't have the Holy Spirit. This is not. This is very limited. How much you get out of this because it, mm-hmm. it takes the Holy Spirit to bring these truths and impart it them. It sure does. You. And yeah. if you're not a Christian, I like I said, before I was a believer, I looked at the Bible. I thought you know the parables were interesting or the proverbs, but I was much more interested in other religions or philosophies. Mm-hmm. But once I became a Christian, the lights went on. The Holy Spirit. Then I go,
1: oh, now, you know, it's just like, woof. You know, I, I think the biggest thing before we close here is what I have found is when I get into the Word, everything else is so distant. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget about everything else. It's a very calming state when you're in the Word. Yeah. And I don't know after a while if, if the Holy Spirit is just around you, it, watching you, you know, invest in the Word. I don't have any idea what's involved but I can tell you that personally, that's what happens exactly to me. Exactly right, David. Yeah, it's very common.
0: Well, David, a yeah. good comment. And next week, we're going to, God willing, we're going to have a special guest on that's calling in, or we're going to continue this study and sermon on the Mount, Sure, month. okay. And I believe we'll be meeting before Thanksgiving, but if not, I want everyone that's listening today on WNZN Radio to have a blessed Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for, uh, but we often look at we don't have. And we have problems but when you look at what we do have oh. we have a lot to be thankful for this amen year. we to that. Do really have a lot so god, god bless, bless you, you everybody all.
1: take care uh this
0: is uh again 89.1 fm radio from lorraine ohio god bless you and have a uh, happy weekend and a blessed thanksgiving